0: Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host
1: Erin Todd. I'm a writer and an intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's
0: right, our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose.
1: Woo! Woo, yes girl.
0: Welcome back to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. This episode is brought to you by my wonderful and wise co host, Charlie Castle. Char is now accepting new clients for her private practice as a registered dietitian. If you're looking for nutrition therapy for eating disorders, intuitive eating coaching, or faith based nutrition services, then visit her website, charliecastle.com, and click on the Work With Me tab. There you will find the contact information for reaching out, and you can even schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with Char to see if you're a good fit for working one-on-one with her. Get all of the information at charliecastle.com. Now a little bit about our guest today. Writer and podcaster Rachel Adams started her ministry to help women realize their God-given purpose and significance. She and her husband, Brian, run a family business and farm in Kentucky with their two children, Will and Kate, and two doodle dogs. You can connect with her through her website, rachelkadams.com, through social media, at Rachel Adams Author, or through her podcast, The Love Offering. Before we jump into this conversation today with Rachel, as a reminder for all of our podcast episodes... This program is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you see how those principles align with scripture so you can improve your relationship with food, your body, and God, and cast out dieting for good.
2: Good morning, Rachel. I'm so glad you're here with us today, girl.
3: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Yeah. So uh, let's start out with sharing a little bit of your story with our listeners, like whichever goes back the farthest for you, your God story or your food story. So just take us back to Rachel's childhood.
3: So uh, I grew up in a divorced home. Uh, I'm the middle girl of um, two boys. I have an older brother and a younger brother, and. We, I didn't grow up in, in church, Um, but when my dad remarried, uh, he started attending church, and so they took me to this play. It was called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, and in that moment, I saw all this, this eerie music and these dark lights and this person acting like the devil, and oh I Lord. honestly, it was like a very, for somebody who hadn't grown up in the church, it was one of those like I I was scared and I, I literally, I had the moment of saying like in my heart, Lord, I just, well, I didn't claim a word at that point. Like, I just don't want to, to go to hell. I'm, I'm just scared of that reality, you know, saved me from that eternal damnation kind of thing. And so that is actually my salvation moment was out of just... <laughs> fear. Um, But I do believe He saved me at that point. I I began to know Him as my Savior. And I wish that there was just like this dramatic before and after story, but really that isn't my story. It was, um, you know, I got up from my knees that day and life kind of went on as it did. Um, And so, you know, I had friends that would take me to youth group. I I heard, you know, Bible stories here and there, would pray here and there. Fast forward to college, I lived very much a typical college life. Like you would think that somebody in college that, you know, would, um, until I met my husband, Brian, he came from a married, his parents are both married. He he grew up in church from the time he, you know, forever, you know, diapers and, um, Until I mean, he grew up in a really strong Christian home. His sister married a a pastor. So I started going to church with them. I started seeing what it looked like in the day-to-day life. Um, And then um, from that point on, I I got my first job out of college. um, And I met a woman by the name of Emily Fox, and she was a mentor for me. Uh, we would. She was training me for the job, and we would drive around all over Eastern Kentucky together every single day, eight hours all day long. And she was a pastor's wife. And it was the first time I really got a, a glimpse of somebody truly living out the gospel message on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, she would pray before meals. It was the way she treated people. It was, she would talk about Jesus and this relationship that she had with him. And so that was truly the first time I, I just, I, I, I was like, gosh, what does she have? And I, I want more of that um, that relationship with the Lord, and then it really wasn't until I became a mother that things really clicked for me. There was some, there was some sort of shift in my heart. I remember specifically nursing my son Will, and I was rocking him and. And it it was kind of, I didn't have social media. I was just, you know, and and for those women that have babies and that have nursed, you know, how often you're sitting in that rocking chair nursing. (laughs) And so it was like, how am I, what am I going to do with my time? And it was, I thought, you know what, I'm going to just start reading the Bible. I had really genuinely never read the word by myself. I had read other people's, you know, words about him, but I had never just read his word. And so that was the first time. I really started to spend time with him, just he and I, and I almost felt like he was cradling me in his arms as I was cradling my son. And it was that moment that I felt like, oh, now I know of your love. I don't just fear you as my savior. You know, now I'm a, I'm a mother and I'm starting to see you as my father and how much you love me. And, um, you know, when I, when my son Will started to get a little bit older and, you know, for the first year, I didn't go anywhere. I was so scared that he would you know, cry or, um, I don't know, just, i just was such a stressed out young mom. And so when, uh, somebody had told me about this thing called toddler tales at the library, and I thought he is not going to just sit in my lap and listen to a story. He's going to be crawling everywhere. But finally I thought, you know, what I'm lonely. I need to get out of this house. And so I went to toddler tales at the library and there a mom invited me to mops, which is mothers of preschoolers. And so then I went to Mops and then there a lady invited me to come to church. So then I went to church and there at church, a woman invited me to come to a women's Bible study. And so I started attending women's Bible study. And there, um, I just learned to just love just really like not just reading the Bible, but then studying the Bible. And so then I was asked to lead um, a, a service group for, for the church. And then I was asked to lead a Bible study, which then made me want to write about <laughs> the Bible in this word. And then I started a podcast because I wanted to tell everybody I knew, you know, like oh, he is, he's not just your savior, but he is, you can, you know, he's your father, He He's your, um, he's your Lord. He, you know, surrendering everything to him. And now I'm learning about him as my friend and he, you know, there's so, I just, I felt so loved and changed by him that I just wanted everybody else to, to learn of, of, of him in that way as well. And so the, the story, my, my God story, I, I feel like is just continuing to develop. It's like, he just keeps revealing another layer of himself to me. And and I just don't know that there will ever be any end to that. And I I pray there isn't until he calls me home. Oh my goodness, girl. (laughs) I don't know that I knew all of that. Yeah, that's like, um, so I'm 38. So 38 years of history. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it made sense. I don't know. It absolutely. absolutely did.
2: And it was just so beautiful. I could not help but notice the little... I guess not breadcrumbs because they're people, but the way the Lord used different people in your life in different seasons and to just draw you in. Mm -hmm. And um, that is really encouraging and, and beautiful.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's what God does. He brings people into our lives for specific times for specific purposes. And I really am a firm believer there. There's, there's no mistake. Um, in why he puts people in our path. And there's no mistake why I'm talking to you all today and whoever's going to be listening, there's no mistake. He has something in every single interaction. I'm a firm believer in that. And sometimes we don't know it immediately, but looking back, it's a lot easier to see. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, let me ask you then. Okay, Go ahead, Charlie.
1: (laughs) I have to ask this question. Nursing with the Bible How do you turn the pages and manage the Bible because the papers are thin and it's like flopping around? No, okay. So I'm trying to remember
3: what it was called. It was like, this, you know, like this nursing pillow. You know, it looks like a U shape yeah, that you boppy. put on your belly. The poppy, yeah. Yeah. And so you know, I mean, you kind of have two hands at that point. Maybe you know, on one baby side, like, yeah. On the yeah. other, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the poppy, oh, yeah. I like this. Okay. It's, been, it's been a long time. Like Will's 12 and Kate's 10, so it's it's okay. been a minute. <laughs> there's yeah. probably there's probably um, new better things by now. I don't know.
1: That's such a beautiful, like, I just have such a beautiful picture of that. Um, I, I had the same experience with my son once when he was sick, holding him, nursing him, finally getting him to calm down, finally feeling like I could breathe and feeling that like God was holding me the same way I was holding him. So. I can see that and feel that and what an awesome, awesome connection and a way for God to show you like his parental figure in your life. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. Sorry, Aaron. I had to, I had to cover that practicality.
2: No, no, that, that is a good question that I wouldn't have thought to ask. I'm like, you're getting ideas, aren't you? I know yes. what's going on over here. <laughs>
1: Well, yesterday, so I could have a baby like any minute. And (laughs) yesterday I was like, okay, social media is not serving me. I know this. I have gotten back into scrolling all the time and it needs to go away. So stack of books next to the nursing chair is what's happening so I'm I'm getting <laughs> oh, that message that that is the correct thing to do <laughs> oh gotcha
3: I, now it makes a lot of sense like how am I going to read and nurse the baby at the same time I really need to know because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to be doing that soon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, love it. Mm.
2: I really liked how you were describing Rachel just like the different um you know like the depths of the relationship as you grow in your knowledge of God, you get like these different facets that get revealed different aspects of the characters, different roles he can play in your life. And so, um, I'm just wondering what, like, what the most recent version of that is for you? Like, what was the role that you're, you're most feeling um, a connection with right now with the Lord?
3: Right now, I feel like he is showing me his friendship. Um, He's my favorite it's making me all teary. Mm -hmm. He's, he's my favorite person to talk to, you know, when you, when you need help or you just need companionship or you just need comfort, Mm -hmm. he's always there, you know, he's going to never leave us. He's going to never forsake us. He's never going to never disappoint us. And I'm just really grateful for his presence. That's so constant. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel that. Mm -hmm. I feel
2: uh, that emotion and that connection as you're describing it. Plus I get to see your face as well. (laughs) So it's, um, sorry, there's no videos on these anymore. This is just for, (laughs)
3: for our (laughs) conversation. Well, they can probably hear me like, um, (laughs) (laughs) they can can hear me sniffing my nose because I'm all teary now. Yeah.
2: So, okay. The other question that I had that was coming up for me when you were just kind of, tracing the history and the God story, which is so great. Um, You made a really great point about like, we can't always see what is going on while it's going on. But like when you take the time to reflect and kind of look back on all of that or summarize it for a podcast, like, did anything jump out of you and, and recounting that? Like what was the Lord showing you as you were being uh, prompted to reflect on that? And do you have any kind of like reflection, practice that helps you kind of look back and remember and trace his faithfulness in your
3: own story? You know, it, it strikes me, you know, in revelation, it says that, um, that the devil is defeated by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And for the longest time, of course, you know, we know Jesus has already done his part. And so now it's time to do our part. And so this is, this is my testimony. And for the longest time, I didn't think that it was an impactful testimony. You know, it's not that very dramatic before and after this is who I was, this is who I am now. And, and, and I felt like it had to be that. And, and in some ways, Um, I I almost devalued my testimony, but the more I feel, I feel like we just, we have to be ready. The Bible says we have to be ready to share our testimony. And so because I've had the opportunity to be on podcasts, it has made me more comfortable to, to share my testimony, and so I, I want to challenge everyone listening to get comfortable sharing your testimony, whether you think that it's a a big deal or, or not. Somebody's going to resonate with it. Um, he gave it to you. He's the one that's writing our stories. He didn't. It's nothing. Again, like we talked about, the people in our lives, the things that have happened to us, the thing, the experiences we've had, the hereditary hereditary traits we have, the families that we were born into. None of it is by mistake. He's crafted us and. Created Created us for a very specific purpose. And so I think he has shown me as I continue uh, to share it is that we're that I'm still in process, that I'm still being sanctified, I'm still being sharpened, that it's not finished, that there's a long way to go. Um and to be okay with that process, that I'm that I'm not finished and and that's okay. I
2: totally resonate with that I mean that's like kind of my my whole <laughs> life motto blog motto of sorts and at first I thought it was just a reaction to kind of diet culture or this like cultural drive that we all have to perform and achieve like like I need a big before and after I need something to be dramatic and um, you know it's the after where you're there you've arrived and it's like this whole um, I guess just like a different way to look at life of being all about the end game instead of the journey of getting there. I mean, the, you know, the cliche is the, what is it? (laughs) The journey, uh, not the destination kind of dichotomy there. And, um, I really appreciate how you're celebrating that you're still in process. And, like, the sanctification is a good thing. It is the ongoing work. And, like, this is this is where the life is right here, too. And I just want to um, speak to the former dieters out there who, like myself, were rejecting all of the in-the-middle life and just waiting for the after mm-hmm. <laughs> to start living, whatever mm-hmm. that goal you think you have or you need to be. Um, yeah, I, I just... I love it when people from other, um, you know, aspects of life and different points of view can still celebrate the end processing. I feel like I'm the, Charlie and I are like the only people that say that. It's like, no, probably a lot of people say that, just not dieters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think of so many, well, I, I like to learn things the hard way. <laughs> I'm like a go through it and learn from it kind of hands-on experience, tough things learner. And I definitely have had that, like, achieving the thing that was going to change my life. And then, like, it didn't. And I'm not done. And Or, you know, you think you're there. And then something else comes up that now you're going to work through that. And I think that the, the sanctification process, the experience of walking through life with Jesus as our friend, as our mentor, like... It's such an example of his mercy and his love that he's never done with us. Like it's ne- it's never like, okay, you're here, you're good to go. Like he's always molding us and working with us and and fine-tuning us and and giving us that that love. and I, I think about you know us raising our own kids. You're constantly trying to help them grow and learn and and develop and um, love others more and what all those things look like. And it's like the kindest thing ever that Jesus does that for us our whole lives.
3: One of my favorite pictures of that, Jill Briscoe, she's a a speaker and she spoke at an IF gathering several years ago, and I'll never forget. She's gray headed and she, I I don't know exactly how old she is, but she's been in ministry a very long time and she was kind of talking about her experience and she was talking to the Lord saying, God, I've been in ministry for so long. I've been, I feel like I've, I've served you with my whole life. I'm tired and I'm ready just to be done. And she felt like God was giving her this mental picture of like, you need to keep the cross on your back and keep carrying it until I call you home. You're not done yet until I call you home. And I'll never forget that imagery. And I feel like that that's what he's doing for us. We, like you said, we have never arrived. Our, our, our after story is in eternity, really. Mm.
1: Ooh, that was good. That was a good line. Our after story is an eternity.
2: I'm writing that one down.
1: Like making me think about a lot of things here.
2: Well, yeah, because I think,
1: well, going back
2: to my dieting example, we are conditioned for wanting the immediate gratification as humans. We, We want it now. We want it yesterday. We want it to be amazing. We want people to look at it and praise us for it. I'm, (laughs) <laughs> calling mm-hmm. myself out here. I'm Me not too. i shaming anybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, and like recognizing that big, massive perspective shift to this isn't it.
3: hmm
2: You know, this is not what it's about.
3: hmm
2: And having an eternal perspective on life instead of this immediate gratification perspective, worldly perspective, human perspective, dare I say, um, is really, I mean, that's one of those things that I know for sure is still in process, but I've gotten a couple of good glimpses of it. And, um, it always feels right when I can recognize that and be like, Oh yeah, <laughs> like, remember
3: mm-hmm.
2: this is not, this is not it.
3: You uh, know, on, on that topic too, you know, I, I so much <laughs> want, it, I give up so much of my long term satisfaction for what I want in the immediate, and um, that, and I, it, not just with food, but with with any kind of temptation. It's like why can't I focus on that long term goal as opposed to just giving into this this short term temptation? I do that so often.
1: So
2: what is um. What do you say has worked for you in that area, Rachel? Like what keeps you focused and helps you have the long view and the eternal perspective and, um, you know, help, helps you. Essentially, I think we're talking about a flesh and spirit distinction here a little bit. Like that's what it's starting to feel like to me. How do you how do you fight that on, on the daily?
3: Yeah, you know, the 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 flesh, let's see, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. I goodness gracious, is that not the truth when Paul said that? Um, you know, my word of the year, if anybody does words of the year, my word of the year was discipline for like 2 years. <laughs> It is still. It could be that for every. But I'm like, I need a new word. So then God gave me like perseverance and faithfulness, which is still pretty much the same thing. It's like, let's. This is this is such a long haul process. And and something that has helped me, you know, like the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And something that I'm realizing for me personally is is that there, at the end of the day, I am weak. I am human. I am sinful. It is what it is. But because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me as Christians, when we become believers, He takes residence in us, which is incredible to even think about. And so He gives us the power. He gives us this fruit of the Spirit, which involves self-control. So really, it, it's it's him and it's just keeping our eyes daily you know he's our daily bread in every um in every area and so i have to keep coming back to him it's not just a like we've talked about a one and done thing it's a constant daily mindset shift renewal of the mind a prayer um and just a refocusing shifting my focus to what he says in his word, what he says about me and and his will for my life.
1: Mm-hmm. I think self-control is one of those topics that we can spend like so much time on when, because of, you know, dieting and and the way people look at that. And it's something that we have really, really dug into. And it's one of those things that like, it's a fruit of the spirit and it's something that can feel so Hard and like, why you know, like, I know I have this in me because I have the Holy Spirit in me and it's not coming out. And you know, what does that look like? And I've had like a few things really with like any of the fruits of the spirit, but the self control thing is one that really sticks out to me. Um, because I told myself that I couldn't be self controlled for years, like, that was a lie I believed for years. Um, one. One thing that always, always helps is to ask, am I trying to be self-controlled in my will, something for me, or am I trying to be self-controlled in something God is telling me to do, that the Holy Spirit is telling me to do? Because I don't get to just use a fruit of the Spirit for my plans and my will, but God gives me the fruits of the Spirit for His plans and His will. So that's one question I always ask myself, like, am I doing this for me or did is God calling me to do this? And then if God's calling you to do it and you're still struggling with the self-control, then like, where have you become disconnected from the vine, mm-hmm. right? He's the vine and you're the branches. And if you're not producing the fruits of the spirit, what's going on. And I think one of the things that you just said is so crucial that it is a daily, he is our daily bread. So if you're wanting to produce this fruit, but you're not nourishing yourself with the word every day, you're not going to grow any fruit. In my insomnia last night, I was reading about growing pumpkins And how often you have to feed pumpkins because my pumpkins are just like a miserable existence this year. So now I'm (laughs) like, this is all like coming to me. Like you have to give food if you want to produce fruit, you have to go to the word and eat if you want to produce the fruits of the spirit and the fruits of the spirit are from God for God. They're not for us or from us.
2: Mm, I love the from God and for God thing. I've heard somebody say like the fruit is not for you bef- before and kind of that thing, but that that makes it that's so much richer when you really think about it from and for.
3: Yeah. On this agriculture theme, I wanted to, <laughs> and in the performance, this isn't really necessarily food related, um, but something Aaron, because Aaron and I are um, Our friends, we Marco and Charlie, you're a new friend, so (laughs) we can Marco too. Um, But one of the things we were talking about this performance mindset, Erin and I have had many conversations about this and trying to earn and this attachment to outcome. And so um, I feel like Erin has always been a step or two or three or four ahead of me on this. And so I always go to her for her, for her guidance, but something that she said that I don't know that I'll ever forget Aaron you said are you okay being the one to plant the seed but not to see the harvest Mm -hmm. because so often we want to see the fruit. It's like, okay, well, I planted the seed, I watered it and now it's ready. It needs to grow. I want to enjoy the fruit and then I want to plant more and then it's going to be a huge garden. And then, you know, everybody will talk about how great my fruit
1: is. (laughs) You didn't say that, Erin. I'm adding to this conversation. (laughs) Um, Oh, we've felt it, (laughs) (laughs) Erin. All three of us have definitely felt that. Everybody's going to look at my garden and be so proud of my fruit. it's <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> so um, such a challenge like okay God
3: is in charge of the the harvest not us so let's just keep planting the seed let's be faithful to do that that's our job mm-hmm. mm. I
2: love that that stuck out for you and I remember like saying that and I remember as I was saying it going like whoa I don't know that I am like, I can pose that Mm -hmm. question, but like I I wrestled with that for a while. I'm probably still wrestling with it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we have to do that sometimes. Like I'm, it's like this, uh, that's the sanctification process for me. A lot of time is wrestling out this hard idea and just thinking through it and praying through it and like trying, trying to get my will in alignment with the Lord's will, because that place feels good. And when my will is fighting against uh, God's will, as so many years I spent fighting that, and that just, it's so hard and ugly and like, ugh, exhausting and fruitless.
3: And let's be honest about this fruit thing. <laughs> let's stay with this agriculture metaphor. <laughs> you know there are very there are dormant seasons. There are winter seasons. There are seasons where we're growing really deep roots that nobody sees an ounce of it. That sanctification is is a character thing, and sometimes it's okay. And, and even there are seasons when God is pruning us. He is cutting every ounce of ugliness out of our lives, and so it may not look like anything. Any growth is happening. But goodness, it's, we're being strengthened and so much growth is happening, but just nobody on the outside can see it. Mm -hmm. And and that's hard too. It's like when you start to compare, you know, when everybody else seems to be producing such a Mm -hmm. abundant, plentiful harvest and it's like, gosh, well, I'm just being primed over here. There's nothing going on here, but that that's a lie from the enemy too.
1: Yeah. Well, and thinking about, um, you know, how God is preparing you for a new thing. Um, yeah <laughs> I could just like it's so funny I was reading about growing grapes last night and, <laughs> like, and they were talking so much about like if you want good fruit like you have to trim you have to trim everything back sometimes and it's going to be smaller for a couple years Um, but then you're going to have this like luscious beautiful fruit so you know when God is trimming things away you know well try to remind yourself like the excitement of like, oh, he's doing a new thing. He's going to do a new thing. Um, but sometimes it doesn't feel that way because sometimes it feels like, you know, my small group at church fell apart. Nobody's coming anymore or, you know, whatever it looks like. There are things that can feel sad and hard and and what's wrong with me. Um, and staying in that daily Re- walk that daily relationship, talk with him, um, is where we hear, you know, I, you're, I'm done with that. We're done with that. Now we're, we're doing a new thing and, um, he can, he can be so encouraging if we'll just stop and listen. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So Rachel, I want to circle back a little bit since you brought up performance mindset, so maybe we can just Mm-hmm. out some of our struggles and lessons. Charlie, you get in on this one too, girl. I <laughs> think this is just like another iteration of yeah, performance um,
1: mindset. Oh my gosh. Performance
2: you mindset. So Rachel, I want to know like what was the struggle for you and that and like what has the Lord shown you?
3: Oh, um this is another in-process story. I mean it, it really is something it, it's something I continually and, and battling, you know, from, from the very beginning, you know, and I don't know truly what the route was as far as, you know, could it have been the divorce? Maybe, you know, I I, I never want to um, dishonor my parents in any way. Um, they're wonderful people. They did the best that they can do. Um, but I think that there was so much of me maybe just wanting attention and wanting approval, you um, I wanted just to, you know, you start to do well in sports, and so people applaud you. You start to, you know, have good grades, and people applaud you. You start to look a certain way, and people applaud you. And, you know, so I think it's, it's, and then now it's transferred over into my writing life and into my podcasting life. It's like, well, how many listens did the podcast get? How many readers did the blog have? And you know, it's just like everything is is very measured. And so, you know, and even I grew up in a in a business background. My my father is an entrepreneur. He owns a business. And so he would Um, have me sign a contract. We'd talk about a goal that we had and he'd have me sign a contract like, okay, you're going to complete this goal by this date. And um, this is what you're going to accomplish. And so I think in some ways that there's a lot of good to that. It it makes you very driven. It, um, you know, you'll finish what you start. (laughs) Um, But on the other hand, there's this, you can also fail. You can also not meet your your goal and your expectations. And so, um, I think, and so much of all of that performance is based on me and what I can do and my timeline and what I consider a success. And so, I think what God has been um, speaking to my heart is is that my validation only comes from Him. You know, I for the longest time I just I never felt like I was enough, you know, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not talented enough, not you fill in the blank. Like nothing was ever enough. And so it was, and it was this struggle for perfectionism, like always striving to be perfect, but never could. And so I just started to just feel so insecure and so inadequate. But I feel like what he's been showing me is that my validation comes from him. And even like I'm getting off a little bit on a rabbit trail, but, you know, I look back even at, at Eve and she had everything she could have ever wanted in the Garden of Eden in the very beginning. And what did the serpent do? The serpent, he came and and offered her t- and tempted her And to believe that she didn't have everything she needed, that there was one extra thing, like, do you can have this? And so I think that that's what the devil does for us too. It's like, God has given us all of this. And when he created us, he said, we are very good. We're very good. And we hadn't done anything. Um, But yet there's always just this like carrot dangling, like, well, maybe that's not enough. You need a little bit more. And so, you know, even as Christian women who we know what our worth is, we know we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We know we're forgiven and redeemed and, you know, all the things that he tells us to do, It's it's really hard to get from our head into our heart. And so I think it's just constantly staying in his word. Like, Lord, more of you and less of me, well, who do you say that I am? Not who does the world say that I am? And and I don't need to earn anything. I don't need to work towards anything. You've already done the work on the cross.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about, um, so Aaron and I have been kind of studying justice a little bit, biblical justice. I'm not going to get into all of that, but Um, teaser, spoiler alert, we're, we're studying that. And um, I was listening to this podcast, Tim Keller. I wish I could remember what it was called because I listened to so many, but he was talking about um, justice and how the gospel presents this idea that every single human has the exact same worth and rights because they were created in the image of God. And he talks about that, like that is truly an idea that just comes from the gospel. Like before the gospel, that was not, that was not a school of thought at all. Um, And he's talking about how, and, like, we are like everybody just needs to get honest with themselves, right? He's talking about how we overvalue people that are wealthy or pretty or successful and and look down on someone that maybe is dirty or poor or whatever the different ways we treat them. And um i'm I'm thinking about he he brought up he said like if we have our identity in Christ and we know that we are made in the image of God and that is where our worth comes from because we are made in the image of God we are all worthy and we all have these human rights and this whole thing but if somebody asks you about your identity if you're real honest you're going to list your job your hobbies, how much money you make, your plans for the what whatever those things are. And like that's what I'm hearing us talk about right now is that we know we have this head knowledge that we're worthy and we're enough because God created us in his image and he said that we are worthy and enough. And yet we still keep overvaluing our success, our body size, our looks, our money, our financial security what, you know, what whatever it is.
3: Oh, you know, my pastor just this this Sunday he was talking about. You know, basically, we treat people in two ways: we treat them like the law, or we treat them with grace. And I think that that, and I think we treat ourselves that way too. So we either it's like we have a this list we're legalistic and phariseeical. I don't know if Pharisee is a word, but like a Pharisee. Um we treat ourselves with these rules and these man-made laws, or we give each other grace, or we give ourselves grace because God gives us grace. And if if the church and we as Christians don't extend grace, where else will people receive it? And so, uh, yes, a hundred percent with, and, and it's, and it's nothing. um, You're exactly right. Like everything that we've been talking about is like all this um, man-made idealized these, all these topics when it really is just about who we are on the inside and nothing that we do. Mm
2: -hmm. I think it's really hard though, because I think all of us with our combined head knowledge, pretty good amount. Like I'm, my head feels pretty full of some, some truth, Mm -hmm. but like you said a minute ago, Rachel, it's like the moving it from your head to your heart and then living it out, you know, with your hands. Like, do you live like you think that, do you live like you believe that, do you like show other people that with your actions? And I mean, I'm totally, totally convicted by everything we're learning in this justice study because um, I thought I had done a lot of work confronting biases and judgment and like the first couple years of intuitive eating and kind of rejecting the beauty ideal and the thin ideal. And I think what we both know to (laughs) Charlie, what happens is it's just the ideal is just off of body and onto some other thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like this ideal idol of course mm-hmm. um heather creekmore made that distinction once and i was like oh of course <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good um and it just keeps moving and it keeps moving and it's like when when is it gonna land on <laughs> on the right stuff and i don't know mm-hmm. and um it's i don't have i don't have an answer for this we don't have a pr- pretty response yet we are definitely yeah. in process and wrestling us out with the Lord and like the only thing that I can come up with and the only thing that makes makes it feel practical and doable to me, it's just like accepting my limitations and saying I will just be the vessel for whatever is here right now. The small, what, however small it is, however impactful it may or may not be. I may never know the whole planting seeds. And not
1: planting yeah, Whether I things. see the fruit or not.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and so I guess a way of saying that another way is basically redefining success, like getting off of the worldly definition of that, and then at that point, it success becomes obedience or being spirit led or alignment or however you uh, you know however you see that. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> that's as far as I've gotten on that train of thought. <laughs> so far it's so challenging y'all this (laughs) sanctification work is is messy and hard but good yeah and it makes it a lot better to have people to do it with and talk talk it out with so Mm -hmm. just a shout out for godly friends and thank you lord for those blessings i don't think uh, the amount of verbal processing i need to do on on christian women it seems to be growing with
1: time <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a, it's such a it's such a gift to be able to sit down together and just have these conversations about faith and things that we're struggling with and what does this look like and what does that look like because the the different examples and experiences and testimonies from other people's lives kind of shows us how how different principles in the Bible or different things apply to different people's lives and then help us kind of see it and and work through it. It's so yeah. good. I think the more honest we are about
3: where we are in our stories, mm-hmm. it it frees other people to be honest and about their stories too. It's like if they realize you don't have it as much as together as you, <laughs> as they think that you do. Um, then I think it, you know, just this that authenticity. And then that's where real relationships and real growth I
1: think really starts. Yeah. Yeah. To the end of the, towards the end of that podcast, he, you know, he was getting into James and basically talking about how faith without works is dead. Right. So if we say we believe all these things, We believe that God created everybody in his image and they're all worthy of love and all of that. And then we, you know, and then you send somebody away and say, be well, stay warm, be fed, but you do nothing to help them be well, stay warm, be fed, knowing that they don't have that. Like, what is your faith? You're doing nothing. You're doing nothing about it. And, I think like this desire that we have to see the fruit. Maybe I'm wrong putting these two things together, but it's kind of like what's in it for me. Like, I want to see the fruit and i want the like i want that fruit to impact me somehow because seeing the fruit makes me feel good about myself or seeing the fruit makes my ministry look good or it'll be a good testimony on my website and more people will want to coach me like you know what i mean like i i'm not sure what that what that looks like
2: i think that is a glory a glory issue who's getting it
1: yeah that's hard
2: I felt that one. That was a conviction, girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like so much of of living the gospel, of treating everybody with grace, of 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 walking this out, of living the gospel is a lot of things that you're going to get nothing out of.
2: But you do it anyway.
1: And I really, I'll be like, so honest, I really struggle with that doing something that I'm going that will, like, I'm not going to get nothing out of this.
3: Yeah, it's that selfless, it's selflessness. And that's what Jesus did. And he was the ultimate servant. He came to serve and not to be served. And he was humble all the way to the cross. Mm -hmm. And now we're supposed to take up our cross and follow him and do the same thing. And and as selfish, (laughs) sinful beings, Mm -hmm. it's really, really hard.
2: So Rachel, the, the the stuff we're talking about, about li- like living it out, is making me think of the love offering and of the book you're working on. So do you have any little nuggets you can share with us?
3: Yeah. You know, when you were talking about being a vessel and, you know, just because this is the intuitive eating podcast and just thinking about our bodies and you know, we're the hands and feet. We are the body <laughs> of the church and um I actually was I was in a church um in a church at, at a church service, sitting and in front of me in the pew was a love offering envelope. And I very specifically, you know, just in my heart, this that God whisper that we hear, I felt him saying, like, you are my love offering. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. I have loved you. So now you need to go and love other people. And I'm like, but how do we actually do that? <laughs> and and that's, you know, it's the it's the greatest commandments. We're to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love each other as we love ourselves. Um, and so I think that we do that in a lot. I think we've, we've overcomplicated what God intended to be simple. Um, because Mm -hmm. it's a lot smaller, you know, if I really look at my day-to-day life, I took my kid, I rescued a kitten off the side of the road and took it to the vet today. Um, I took my kids to school, took a shower. I'm talking to you all. I'm going to write a little devotion. I'm going to fix dinner for my kids. I'm going to talk to my husband on the phone. I'm going to do some dishes, do some laundry, pick some, you know, when I really look at my day, I can be tempted to say, what did I really accomplish today? Mm -hmm who did I love? Did I love the Lord with what I did? And I can start to beat myself up a little bit. think, gosh, nothing I did matter today. Mm-hmm. But what I really want is to convince women that that is not true, that that is a false narrative. Because I, again, you know, we talked about it at the very beginning, every single interaction matters when we work and we devote all of our, you know, we are God's Uh, workmanship created in advance to do good works. And if you look at the people in the Bible, it was normal people, ordinary people, ordinary places, ordinary objects. They were shepherding. They were fishing. They were, you know, scribes. They were tax collectors. They were just, you know, the Samaritan woman was fetching water from the well. You know, this was... (laughs) These were ordinary things in their day-to-day lives and God used it. And I believe that when we offer ourselves, that we're willing vessels, that we're available and we're obedient to him and his promptings, that he is going to take it every little thing a very long way. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that so much. Mm-hmm. That's so life-giving. That's so encouraging. It really takes The pressure off, I mean, I feel lighter (laughs) when you say that, that puts it on Lord, the Lord, like he's, Mm -hmm. it's off of me. It's on him. Mm -hmm. Give it to him. Yeah. I'm just showing up. I mean, I I can do that. (laughs) Y'all we can all do that. I think I can do that.
3: Here, I am, Here I am, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Well, and you know, quickly, and that because I know we we're, we're probably need to wrap up, but you know, when I think about Moses and, and Exodus, and when he was feeling like, you know, the call in his life seemed too big, and Lord, I can't do this. Like, send somebody else. I just can't do this. He gave all the excuses. The Lord didn't give him, even though he does, the Lord does give us tons of affirmations in the Bible. We know that we've already talked about the identity piece. But the Lord didn't say like, Moses, you are strong, you are good, you are talented. He didn't say any of that. What he did say is, I am, mm-hmm. I am, I'm enough, you know, so it you know, put us all to the wayside, you know, he does value us. And I know we've talked about that, I think, um, enough. So, but I, at the same time, it doesn't matter. He, if, if we, if God is with us, which we know that he is, then, um, then we can rest in that. Just give it to him. He's there. Mm-hmm. So good. So, oh my uh, goodness.
2: All right, Rachel, I need you to tell everybody where they can find the love offering and tell us a little bit about the book a little bit. you've hinted at it, but, but leave us with where they can connect with you. Um, and then when you're not totally off the hook, you're getting the rapid fire questions, but um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let us know where they can uh, connect with you online. Okay.
3: Uh, RachelKAdams.com. It's R A C H A E L KAdams.com. There you can just find some resources and you can find the podcast and the blog series and the, the love offering podcast releases every Tuesday where I have a a guest interview with a woman that's, you know, living faithfully and living fully with the gifts she has been given in her place with her people. Just how do we tangibly, how do we actually live out these commandments? I, I need to know how people are doing that. So that's every Tuesday on every listening platform and then on social media at Rachel Adams author. I'd love to connect. Um, with women and hear their stories and live out our faith together for sure we need each other mm-hmm. oh in the book um the book <laughs> yeah is it's titled a little goes a long way it's a devotional 52 days to a life of significance and it releases october 2022 and so every day there's a, a little task something little that we can do that you know biblically it's it's a story from my life a story from the bible how somebody walked it out historically and then of course me in the present day um, and then how the woman reading it can too
1: love it it's so exciting so
2: awesome i'm just so um Proud of how obedient you're being and walking out that I know the book journey and I've seen the whole thing of it. So I'm just I'm celebrating that that mm-hmm. is going to be an amazing resource.
3: The Lord is going
2: to be using His lives.
3: Rachel. Well, you know, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like we're all still in process and God's gonna use every little bit of your story, every little bit um that we offer him. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll see when we look back how, how far he's taken it.
1: I love it. Okay, so we have to ask everybody this question, coffee or tea and how do you take it? I'm a coffee drinker. And, um, I started, <laughs>
3: this goes to your dieting thing, but I started bulletproof coffee mm-hmm. when I was on a diet. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But now that I'm off of it, um, I still just love the taste of it. So it's yeah. like the the butter and the the oil and blend it up and mm-hmm. make it frothy. And I
1: think it's delicious. I do too. I like to put maple syrup in it. It's mm. like pancakes in a cup, butter, oh. maple syrup. I put it in the magic bullet with the coffee. Yum. I haven't um. done that in a long time, but it's like drinking pancakes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try it tomorrow. morning. <laughs> Sounds delicious.
1: Yeah. So good. Okay. Um, do you have a show or a movie that's like your go-to for a good laugh?
3: So I'm more of a reader than a movie watcher. However, I, and I don't know if it's even for life. I love the Hallmark movies now app. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I really, my latest series that I kind of binged, it was Heartland. Mm I'm just, it was, I don't know. It was, it was a feel
1: good family,
3: wholesome for the most part. Um, I, I love that series.
1: Yeah. Nice. Um, have you ever been like skydiving or bungee jumping or cliff diving or anything like that?
3: No, um, I'm a wimp. I do not <laughs> like heights. Okay. I did. We did do like a zip line and it's like some roller coasters and that's okay. about it. That's, but I close my eyes and when to. Pee in my pants, <laughs> I
1: hate it
3: not working, so I get all sweaty, and I only do it because my kids want to, <laughs>
1: yeah, not because I do, yeah, I
3: like my feet on the land. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that leads perfectly into the next question of your favorite thing to do with your kids at this stage.
3: Hmm. Um, I love so my kids are really into athletics, mm-hmm. um. And I love watching them do what they love. So whether I'm on the sidelines or beside the pool or sitting in the auditorium, watching my daughter um, do her acting, just seeing them thrive um, makes my heart really happy.
1: Oh, so fun. So fun. You have a swimmer. I do have a swimmer. Yeah. Oh. Kate does um, swimming, horseback riding,
3: and a play and cross country. And then Will does football, baseball, basketball. So we, we uh-huh. just hop from one thing to the next, but uh-huh. it's, it's fun. It's like, what else would I do? I don't know, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but they're happy. So I am. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert yeah, um, for sure. So okay. I, I saw that coming because you're a reader.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm very comfortable at home with my dogs and now my cat blue. Um and and I'm allergic too. So that's fun. So I, I took some claritin this morning. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with my animals and my family at home, um, which is interesting because I really uh and what I was gonna say was reading and writing. And I think that's why. But at the same time, this podcasting journey has been interesting because it's made, caused me to be more extroverted. And I think God has me doing that because I'm even more dependent on him. Because if we always feel strong about what we're doing and in our comfort zone,
1: there's little growth there too. So,
2: oh, such a good point.
1: Yeah. love that. Lovely. So good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. It was so wonderful to get to know you a little bit, Rachel. Now I feel kind of like part of the the friendship here. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Would you pray us out?
3: Yes, I would love to. Lord, um, I just ask you to just quiet our minds and our hearts, Lord, and just take uh, all the pressure off, Lord, that you you don't put any roles, um on us. You don't expect anything from us, Lord. You just give us grace. You give us your love. We don't have to earn it or strive for it, Lord. And so when we get your love so freely, help us to then love others freely. Lord, help us just to believe that you have created us for a purpose, and that our lives matter. That every little thing we do, when we devote it to You, um, is significant, Lord. That that You see us, that You know us, that You value us and what we're doing. That we are Your workmanship. But Lord, let it not just be about us. Let it be about You and other people for your glory, for your kingdom, Lord. We love you, and we praise you, and we ask you just to speak to every single woman right now that she would feel your presence, that she would know you as your as her Savior, as her Lord, as her Father, um, as her Redeemer, um, and most importantly, Lord, as as her friend. Lord, we just thank you for your for your work and your presence in our lives. And we ask you um, just to bless the work of our hands, even if we can't see it, Lord, that even uh, we just trust that you'll use every little thing we do, um, maybe now, but forever in eternity. We love you and we praise you. And it's your name we pray, Amen. amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for being with us today. Before you go, I want to tell you a little bit more about Rachel's new book. When we recorded this interview over a year ago, we just didn't have all the details yet. But now that her book is out into the world, it released on October 4th, 2022. I want to fill you in a little bit more and invite you to get a copy of the book. We are hoping to use it for our book club in early 2023. So the book is called A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. In a culture where bigger is seen as better, it's easy to wonder if your quick prayer between errands or the short note you text a friend means anything in the kingdom of God. Contrary to how you may feel, every little thing you do can go a long way in God's hands. Partnering with God unlocks the eternal significance of the smallest act. In 52 devotions, Rachel Adams exemplifies this empowering truth and shares personal stories of how God values each deed, practical actions for lasting impact, and encouraging prayers that reveal how much your contributions matter. Watch God take your everyday actions and transform them for His eternal purposes. Friends, this book will help us all understand that a significant life is more simple than we think. I can't wait to read it together as a community, and I hope you will join in on that. Thanks again for listening today. We will see you in the next episode.